Greetings. This is Yiddish Book Club, a podcast where we talk about literature written in Yiddish. My name is Eric Klein, and I don't read Yiddish, so for me, there are English translations. But for my friends who make this podcast with me, they can read and even translate the Yiddish language. We have Michael Wex, Faith Jones, and Shane Baker here to make sense of and to celebrate Yiddish books. Today's episode is a bit of a prelude, a preamble, if you will, to the next big episode of the podcast where we are going to discuss Sholem Ash's 1907 play, God of Vengeance. But before we dig into the text and get our hands dirty with God of Vengeance, I wanted to get Shane Baker on the line to talk about his personal relationship to the play. At the time we recorded this conversation, February 2017, Shane is in the midst of acting in a Yiddish-language production of God of Vengeance, but his relationship to the play goes back much farther than this. Well, this is not the first time that I've worked on the the text. Uh, I was involved with an infamous production of God of Vengeance in Carrot O'Brien's English uh, language translation, or or maybe better said adaptation, because it retained elements of the Yiddish original and used some sound translation as well as uh, direct translation. Uh, quite an interesting text. Anyway, that went up in uh, 1999 to 2000 here in New York in probably the most fortuitous possible circumstances for the play. I played the cipher, the uh, Torah scribe, okay. and the mechutten, the, uh, uh, the in-law, the prospective in-law in that production. And uh, it went up at Showworld, which is, uh, for those of our listeners who don't know and I'm expecting or hoping that most of them don't know. It's <laughs> it's formerly one of the largest or the largest porn palace in New York City uh, on 8th Avenue, right near the Port Authority bus terminal. It was such a big porn shop that when Mayor Giuliani got these laws passed that uh, they couldn't have a porn establishment within 500 feet of a church, a school, or a residential area. Um, and they defined porn shop as a business with more than 40% of its uh, 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 traffic dedicated to adult entertainment. Uh, Showworld simply gave up 60% of its space. Uh, to a theater company called Toto Conada, everything with nothing, <laughs> and let them take over. And uh, they kept a, a, a thriving 40% business of uh, girls downstairs, Dovka, downstairs, showing their coochies off for a buck a minute, um, while we made the space kosher by playing this <laughs> Yiddish show upstairs i mean in 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 an absolute in an absolute uh, uh uh metaphysical mirroring of the text yeah because i i just so i did i haven't read the play yet and i'm saving it um for the i mean i i am reading it now and and i'll have read it when we record our um our conversation but i did read the introduction so i know that uh upstairs in the play is the brothel and downstairs is uh, the family. No, downstairs oh. Downstairs is the brothel. Up. Of course. And upstairs is the family 
where they're trying to raise a kosher Jewish girl and turn their business from bad uh, to a respectable life. Well, that that is completely remarkable that they would that that uh, <clears throat> and was that was that by design or is that all coincidence? It's strictly coincidence. It's by design of the Rabboni Shaloylam. Yeah, amazing. By design of the master of the universe who had us playing this show with a brass stripping pole in the middle of the stage. Wow. And um, I... It, it was incredible. We were playing this in show world and we had old men in trench coats coming upstairs looking for the girls <laughs> and we had to send them downstairs just as just as in the play Yankel and Sora try to send their uh, business downstairs you know people are coming to them for money they're downstairs we do business up here we we have our respectable home this is exactly exactly the situation we were in was so strange. And so on Sunday afternoons in December of 1999, you had all of these dinosaurs, uh, the, the, the last of the Mohicans, these uh, Eastern European-born, respectable Balabatisha ladies in their fur coats, their blue hair, and their white gloves coming up through the ammonia body-scented uh, 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 staircase of show world to see Yiddish theater up the stages. It was just absolutely incredible. And it was a very fine production. And in fact, by the time this is broadcast, we will be at work on a revival of God of Vengeance in Yiddish now under the direction of Aaron Bell, who directed that fateful production uh uh, those 16, uh, 17 almost. No, it is 17 years ago now. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Uh, and I, I can't imagine. We're, we're doing the show again. We had our revival in December, January, but we're doing it yet again right. uh, for March, April. And this time, Aaron Bell is directing and Carrot O'Brien who uh, made that translation and played Hindel both in the translation and in our recent Yiddish language production, she'll now be playing Sora in this new Yiddish language production. So there's there's numerous artists connected to the 1999 production that are that are a part of this current. Um, is it fair to say off Broadway? Is it how do I how do I describe? Yeah, it? yeah, yeah. It's 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 uh, it's about. Uh, 2,000 feet from the court theater where Indecent will be playing. And what's Indecent? Indecent is uh, a play by Paula Vogel, directed by Rebecca Teichman, that uh, has been uh, uh, rolling around America for the past couple of years, from San Diego to uh, uh, Yale to... uh, uh, now, now, now! Uh, last summer, it was produced at the Vineyard, and it's coming to Broadway in April. It's going to open with its uh, 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 Broadway previews April fourth, I believe, and it's a play about right. God of Vengeance, the production history, the writing of the play. Uh, uh, it it begins with a scene in uh, Yudlamet Peretz's salon where uh, uh, Sholomash has just read the play for everyone and Peretz's immediate advice to him is burn it. 
but he doesn't burn it. He produces it. And so this follows uh, follows a, a production history of the play, half historical, half fictional, uh, uh, but uh, mm. uh, uh, the, the title Indecent is taken from one of the times that the play was shut down. It wasn't shut down just on Broadway in 1923, which everyone knows about. Uh, uh, it was shut down any number of times throughout its production history, even in Yiddish. Um, but uh, uh, that production in 1923 was in English, starring Rudolf Schildkraut, as uh, as Yankel, and uh, um, it was produced by the Provincetown Players, Provincetown Playhouse, and uh, it was fine while it was downtown in the village, but when it was brought uptown to Broadway, uh, the uh, rabbi of uh, uh, Temple Emmanuel uh, got, it, got it shut down basically on charges of indecency. Wow. And, and so... Uh, and that's so, all... Uh, that- and that's all going to be this part of the story of this play. What, what's the title of the play again? It's already slipped in my mind. Indecent. Indecent, and yeah. which will be playing at the same time as God of Vengeance in Yiddish. That's a very special. Um, it's a very special pairing in the New York City theater world. Sort of yeah. unprecedented. <laughs> Are you excited about? Yep. It? You must be excited. Yeah, I am. Well, actually, the uh, cast and director, uh, Rebecca Teichman, and producers of Indecent came to see our our uh, uh, version in uh, uh, December, January, mm-hmm. and, they, and they had a talk back with us. Uh, that was on uh, uh, January 10th, or maybe it was the 8th. But they came to see the show, and they were really excited to see it in Yiddish. And to see uh, the 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 full show, the production, they had given a reading of the play in English translation, you know, as a kind of bonus while they were in production at the Vineyard. But for them to see the whole thing mm-hmm. acted and fully produced in Yiddish was quite exciting for them, and uh, and they've invited us all to come see it. Uh, uh, that is. <laughs> Of course, they'd want to sell the tickets, but they've invited us at, at their expense to come see the show while it's up. That's, oh, and so it's uh, it's an informal partnership. It's not intentional that all of this is happening at the same time. No, no, no. We just have a brilliant producer, David Mandelbaum, the artistic director of the New Yiddish Rep, who who knows how to pick a property. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Uh, you know, we were concerned that they shouldn't take it amiss, you know, uh, uh, but uh, uh, we think that we've helped their sales. It's raised the visibility of Indecent quite a bit, actually, to have this show up because, uh, you, you know, the the Times doesn't mention us without mentioning Indecent. Right. Yeah. And it, uh, I mean, again, like, why would you only choose to see one, uh, <laughs> one of yeah. these two plays? Of course you would. You would see them both if you could see them both uh, uh, often. That, how wonderful. So tell me more about um, the process then, I guess. Uh, compare – well, you know, before I move on, I want to hear uh, Show World could not have lasted forever 
under those circumstances, or did it? <laughs> well, Show World is still there. They did it. Aaron Bell, who's directing this, uh, who's directing this uh, uh, um, revival of of our recent production. You know, he he, uh, he was the first one to kind of manage that theater space. But since then, they've had a going haunted house up there. They've had a comedy club. They're, they're, they've they've had theater up there for the past almost twenty years now. So not only did they outlast Rudy Giuliani's uh, cleanse of New York <laughs> City, but they're still they're still presenting both. That's a it's really <laughs> I like the I like the juxtaposition a huge whole lot that they're keeping both uh, 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 anachronisms in business. Yep, that, that you have live theater and uh, physical pornography. Uh, I'm go- I'm going to use the word thriving. Maybe I shouldn't exaggerate, but I'm going <laughs> to Well, say I just want to be clear. This production that we have up, uh, which will be opening about a week from when this podcast goes up, it will not be at Show World. Yes, it's let's not be confuse things. Clem- <laughs> the, the theater at St. Clement's. Unfortunately, it will not be at Show World. I will, I will shake this sports, off. I will yeah. let it go. It's not important anymore. But so, um, yeah, and so the, the play that we are talking about, God of Vengeance, uh, which um, you guys did uh, over a month of shows in in late 2016, right? Correct, 2016 to early 2017. And then it's starting up again. What's the date in case people are listening to this in the near future? March 14th uh, through at least the uh, 26th with the possibility of a two-week extension. And and if people don't know how tickets are purchased, because I certainly don't, what do you what do you just you go to new newyiddishrep dot org, new n e w not n u, <laughs> newyiddishrep dot org, and and we'll take your money right there. So tell me tell me about how it went uh, doing this play again now seventeen years later. Um, it's really strange. The play is oddly anachronistic in the sense that you know uh it's it's a father worrying about his daughter's chastity right Um, (laughs) this is not something that you know it's a permanent theme and it's yet it's not something that's precisely you know very 2016 2017 when uh, uh, uh high school kids are hooking up indiscriminately apparently according to uh all of the media that we have um but at the same time it's got you know permanent themes that people can still relate to a lot of it has to do with the concept of you know parents trying to make good on their lives through their children uh which is what yankel and sora are attempting to do mm-hmm. And uh, that touches audiences, and it's something that's uh, that an actor can relate to. You know, that's something very meaty for me as an actor to 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 grab onto and and uh, and try to relate uh, to an audience. It deals with concepts of uh, hypocrisy and and foxhole prayers and and this concept of you know uh, how how we can use God to uh, uh, to serve our own purposes as opposed to serving the purposes of God. You know, Yankel is a guy who's he's, he's basically uh, 
trying to pull off this whole religious thing just as a way to get his daughter out and give her what he thinks will be a happy, respectable life for her as he imagines he he himself should have lived. He's not someone who's earnest about religious practice, although he believes that there are possibilities for, you know, uh, uh, purity and religion. It's just for other people. It's not for himself. It's for his daughter. It's for the rabbi. It's for his son-in-law. It's for his son-in-law's father and family. It's not for him. And uh, he wants to push all of that off onto all of these other people. And so when he finds out that they're not into it any more than he is, suddenly that becomes uh, a, a moment where he can say, oh, well, then I reject God entirely and I'll be just what I am. And, uh, uh, and that's when he throws his daughter down into the whorehouse and rejects the Torah and, uh, and uh and that's the, the the shocking conclusion of the play. My jaw just dropped. Um, <laughs> I should have read it first before we spoke. Um, the um, but all of that that you just described is the story. And like I said, I could have I could read it. We all could read it. Um, what what changed for you? Because I know you you must have read it uh, even prior to to putting the play on for audiences uh, 17 years ago. So what what's changed for you um, in the in the acting out of this story and, and the repetition of it? Well, like I say, I mean, what I'm telling you is not just the story. That's my take on it as someone who has to put Yonkel up and make him a believable character. Right. Um, the, the, the shuffling off of religion onto other people uh, 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 or, or onto one's own child, uh, or, or, or certain expectations in life, uh, uh, is, is a, is a theme in the play, but it's not entire, you know, the, the, the story of the play, uh, develops in other ways, um, and just reflects that idea. The, the, the difficulty is making this play relatable to people in the, uh, in, in the 20th, in the 21st, pardon me, century. Um, Indecent leans very heavily on the concept of the lesbianism being shocking, right? right? Which is, it's not anymore. Now, in the world of that play, it is. In the world of God of Vengeance, it's... uh, uh, it's absolutely justified psychologically, and Sholomash talks about that in one of his defenses of the play that he uh, put out after after the hubbub here mm-hmm. in New York. Um, uh, uh, he, he he puts it out there in in in, in quite clear terms. Right. We're but in this day about, and age, it, there's we're talking about the 1920s, right? That's correct. Just in case people haven't been following. Right. But, but in this day and age, the, what's shocking about that? You know, oh, the first lesbian kiss on Broadway. And, uh, okay. You know, how, how shocking is that going to be? It's, it's, it's not. It's not. And in the, in the world of the play, it's quite beautiful. Um, some might find it titillating. But uh, um, it's, it's, it's really just a part of the play. 
it's a part of the place. So we have to find, we have to look for ways to make it relatable to people who are coming in to see it. So they're not looking at just as, as a museum piece. Mm. And uh, there's a kind of two-pronged attack that we're taking, which is to, you know, reevaluate the text on its own terms with our modern understanding of it, and also to try to turn it into a kind of uh, coup de théâtre, um, and uh, and really, uh, uh, well, Aaron Bell's take on it is that he wants to bring out the rock star in every actor. And there's a lot there to be done with it. You know, the play is based on a short story that Shulamash wrote uh, uh, a number of years before he wrote the play. And that short story is really just the uh, second act of the play. It's about uh, the, uh, the, the pimp's daughter coming down into the whorehouse and reading stories to the girls. And it's quite a beautiful, sweet scene, hmm. much as the second act of the play is. Um, but when he wanted to write a vehicle for Rudolf Schildkraut, he created Acts 1 and 2, which are about the pimp and his wife and their life upstairs and their absolutely insane attempts to maintain some degree of respectability in their daughter's life so that they can get her married off to a uh, uh, to a, uh, a respectable yeshiva student who's uh, who's going to be a rabbi, and uh, and then maybe abscond in the middle of the night themselves and go become respectable by dealing in horses. You know, they're 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 ready to pack up this shop, and of course that that doesn't work. I mean, how could it work with with the brothel downstairs? <laughs> it wouldn't be and much so, of a play if they pulled it off. So these people are insane. Yeah. They're insane, and so uh, hopefully you'll get to see a little bit of that insanity of uh, of these Yiddish actors strutting and fretting their hour upon the stage um, uh, in a, in, a, in a play that has just disaster and cataclysm written all over it from the very beginning, and uh, sort of just careens downhill from there. Who? So hopefully there will be some enjoyment in that. Who's Rudolf Rudolf Schult? I can't. I'm I'm already twi- tripping over the name. Rudolf Schultkraut. Is that the name? Ru- Rudolf Schildkraut. Schildkraut. Yeah. Um, well, he was one of the great actors of uh, the German theater, and uh, uh, he, you know, he, he he was just the guy. Uh, for a number of years with, uh, 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 with Max Reinhardt's theater uh, uh, there in Germany. He was a famous Shylock uh, uh, in the German Merchant of Venice. He, 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 was, he was a famous King Lear in the German theater and, and then in, in native German plays as well, Mephisto in Faust and uh, uh, various, various other roles. But uh, uh, he he took this role of Yankel Shapchovich, which which uh, 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 Osh wrote for him, and he played it all around the world, hmm. in German, then in Yiddish, then in English, and uh, and and it was uh, it was a kind of uh, a major major uh, 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 
that is watershed right or is that a bad thing? No, Waterloo is bad. Watershed is good. It was a kind of watershed for him, the role of uh, of uh, Yankel Chopchovich. And uh, and uh, there you go. You know, a famous family, his son, Joseph Schildkraut, became a well-known uh, uh, actor here in America, hmm. even. That answer leads me to a nice segue because you just said that he performed the play in in three different languages, including Yiddish and English, and uh, you've been performing the play in Yiddish. Uh-huh. Uh, why not do it in English? I, I've done it in English. Okay. I How told about, you. Well, but this time, <laughs> this you, there's a it's a real choice to to perform the play right. all in Yiddish. So why? Well. I am not the test case for this because I played different roles. In English, I played the Torah scribe and the father-in-law. Mm-hmm. In Yiddish, I play Yankel Chapchovich. Uh, the test case is really Carrot O'Brien, the translator who played Hindle, the uh, um, kind of bottom bitch of the cat house in, uh, the, in the English language production of her own uh, uh, play and uh, of her own adaptation, and then played Hindel most recently in the December-January revival. Now she'll be playing Sora. But she talked about the fact she thought she was going to be able to come in and just transfer her work on Hindel to this play in Yiddish. And she said, it's different. <laughs> and it's different in Yiddish. It's, it's just different. It's 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 different. And uh, for me as an actor, I find, you know, not being a native Yiddish speaker, maybe I find some of the freedom uh, that actors find with what they call mask work, where you're behind a mask and lose certain features of your own characteristics. So that frees you up to represent the character in ways that you might not have seen if just your face is there. Maybe the mask of the Yiddish language works for me. Now, there are other people for whom Yiddish language, uh, the, the, the Yiddish is, is their first language, any number of them in this production. And so that's going to touch them in a completely different way. Um, but I do not think you could have anywhere near the same production that we have in English that, that we have in Yiddish. I mean, you can have a great show, but it's going to be different. That's all. Yeah, and and to be clear, people can uh, read the the super titles. I th- believe that's the word I've just learned because yes. of this work. Super titles, super titles. We we project them above the stage. Mm. They're my own super titles. I I I wrote them. Oh, and uh, it's it's quite funny. You know, I I get every now and then a note from someone. You know, I, I was following the supertitles and I noticed that you didn't translate this exactly. You didn't translate that. And I want to say, why the hell are you looking at the supertitles if you understand Yiddish? <laughs> What's wrong with you? It's this game. It's this game in Yiddish of, you know, uh, people wanting to uh, demonstrate their knowledge by knocking down someone else's. The point of the supertitles is to give a bare bones translation of the play so you understand the action and you can drop your eyes down to the stage and watch the show. Yeah. If you want to read the play, you know, stay home and read it. Don't don't blow uh, 36 bucks to come to the theater and read the play. Yeah. Um, 
So, uh, so we try to do it as efficiently as possible so they can watch the show and see what the actors have to offer, which is quite a bit. Tell me a little bit about uh, tr- you translated the play into English then for the, for the super titles. Yeah, yeah. I would say also that this is an adaptation because, you know, it's like in, in movie theory, Alan Lewis Rickman explained this to me, the, the Yiddish actor and uh, uh, translator into English, a uh, good friend of mine, Alan Lewis Rickman, director, actor, good guy. Um, when they're making supertitles for a movie, they want the supertitles to be about uh, two-thirds the length of the written dialogue. Mm-hmm. The idea being that the ear absorbs dialogue a lot faster than the eye does. And so you want something shorter, not only so that the eye can absorb it in the time it takes for the actors to speak it on the screen, but also so that the eye can then wander over the whole screen and see the pictures in the movie. So, so, so that's the idea. So what you're getting is, is, uh, about two thirds of the play when you read my titles. Interesting. And I, I'm wondering about the work because that was, um, that was an, I'm assuming like a new, a new level of, of depth, a new depth that you had to dig down into the text or, or was it? Was it? Uh, oh, when when creating the super titles? Yeah, because not only now now you you've had you've had you've had three different uh, bites at this play. Yeah. So how yeah. did how did yeah. that go? Um, it's it, it's it's a fascinating play because uh, it, it's got so many levels. It's got such great psychological realism to it, but it's also very lyrical in places. And, uh, and then you look at it, it was produced by the Provincetown Playhouse. They're the same people who were producing Eugene O'Neill's work. And I find that there are similarities in the style of writing with, uh, uh, with Osh. I mean, the play is highly repetitive. People say things two and three times the same way. Uh, when we're talking with Wex and with Faith, I'm sure they're going to explain that, you know, when did you not have a conversation in Yiddish where people said the same thing two or three times? You know, hawking a chinik. This is, this is, <laughs> this is natural. Um, but at the same time, it, you know, it becomes a theme almost like uh, the leitmotifs in uh, O'Neill's play, you know, O'Neill's plays have vast levels of repetition. The characters say, you know, uh, each character has a leitmotif in, in The Iceman Cometh, in, in uh, uh, Long Day's Journey and Tonight. They repeat the same things over and over, which seems antithetical to drama, to, to a play, but it has to be deepened each time. You as an actor have to find what's the difference between saying at this time and this time and this time. And... Um, and uh, uh, so, so, you know, getting a chance to reapproach the play is absolutely uh, uh, a delight and a joy. And, uh, um, you know, it's, 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 it's something that an actor looks forward to. A long run is different. You know, if you're playing uh, Beauty and the Beast on Broadway for the past 10 years, you're going to be sick of your role and it's a fight to uh, keep it fresh. 
But when you have a chance to attack the play from this angle, attack it from this angle, and then do it again from another angle and yet another angle, um, it, uh, it, it's a real joy and, and uh, it does keep the play fresh. That's really, that's really wonderful. I'm, I'm extremely happy for you that you guys are having this opportunity to, to attack it from this other angle. Is, that, um, is it unique in your work? To get actually to uh, to enjoy a little bit of success with with a Yiddish play. Well, you know, um, New Yiddish Rep has had a incredible an incredibly successful track record. Um, Waiting for Godot in Yiddish was roundly well reviewed and has been staged. Uh, uh, you know, we had it up off Broadway two years in a row. And uh, we've had tours to Ireland and to Paris with it, so it's a success. Uh, the the death of a salesman that we had up in Yiddish in 2015 received a Drama Desk nomination as the best production, and then it got a Drama Desk nomination for best actor uh, in, in a play. So the 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 success is not not that unusual for a new Yiddish rep. Um, mm. It's, uh, you know, touch wood, Ken Bezoiknisht, it's really been going. And I think it shows that people are interested to see uh, meaty, serious stuff in Yiddish. And that, and that the Yiddish theater has still a lot to offer to contemporary audiences. Now I am wondering, for somebody who cannot make it to New York to see a Yiddish play. Um, mm. How how do we enjoy this? Or, or at least have a taste? God for Nekoma, the God of Vengeance, you mean? Yeah, or, well, or any um, Yiddish theater at all. Any, well, uh, then I think you have to make it to New York or, uh, um, you know, uh, it, it's highly unlikely that this production is going to travel. Yeah. It's a large uh, staff and... Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, it's tricky in that sense. Godot can travel because it's a much smaller staff. Mm. Um, but, but this is 11 actors, and then you add technicians and all that, and it becomes uh, rather unwieldy to travel. Um, there, the, there will be a, a video made of this production. Uh, unfortunately, uh, because of some contractual things, we couldn't make a video of it in uh, December, January. And one reason that we're doing it now again is in order to have that video. Mm. And uh, there's also something that I have to keep under wraps in the meantime, but there may be, there might be a version of it out there that's even easier to see and okay. get hold of. But that we'll talk about at a later date. Sure. Well, then, in the, in which case, I'll plug all of the Yiddish Book Club channels and promise that whenever that information is is publicly available, you can find out about it um, either by uh, maybe we'll mention it on the podcast Yiddish Book Club. Subscribe on iTunes, or perhaps uh, we'll have to post it to the Facebook page for Yiddish Book Club, or it'll be on the website yiddishbookclub.com because it sounds exciting enough that. Uh, that we'll share in the future. Um, well, Shane, thank you so much for uh, for taking this extra time because now uh, we'll talk about the, the text of the play and the plot and the story and all of the versions <laughs> um, 
I'm sure we'll talk about the the short story as well as the the play on the next you episode, bet. on the future episode of Yiddish Book Club with Shane and uh, Faith Jones <laughs> and Michael Wex. Oh, um, and Eric Klein. Oh yeah, I'll be there too. Clearly, um, what's next for the play? And for you working on it, when does when do um, things start back up again for you? Uh, we'll be playing uh, May, um, rather March fourteenth to uh, the twenty sixth, and uh, I, I, you know, at some point in there, we'll know if we're going to extend beyond that. But uh, that's that's what we've got booked right now. Aside from that, I got a lot of one off work, and I'll be teaching some. Theater at the Yivo Yiddish Summer Program. Wonderful. And, and then uh, beyond that, God will worry about the days after that. Right. And is when when the when the play starts up again, how does tell me a little bit about put me in the in the scene. <laughs> when you guys are working on this together, like what what is that work and what are you doing? Um well, you, you know, the process of putting up a play, aside from uh, uh, aside from the business of the producer deciding that they want to do a play and uh, either finding a text or being approached with a text by an author or a director who wants to produce it, you know, and then all of that uh, business stuff that goes on outside is once it's decided the play will be done uh, – uh, the 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 standard format is for the actors uh, to come together with the director and read the play aloud around a table. And then they read it again, and then they read it again, and they talk about what's going on in the play, what are the issues here, what's the subtext, what's the real meaning behind this line, why does this character say this at this point? And you try to build a row of dominoes that makes a sensible, logical, uh, coherent uh, forward motion of the play. This is in uh, the standard conception of a well-made play. There are other ways to do it, but but we're looking at this as, as that type of play. And then... Uh, and then they begin staging the play. You know, they come together. They they work on how do the characters move? How do they? Most plays are written without a lot of uh, stage directions. When we read a play, a lot of times the stage directions will either be the author's fantasy, or they'll be just how the play was done the first time it was done, and they'll come from a prompt book. Uh, uh, you know, the descriptions of the stage and all that. It can go one of two ways. But the actual production of it, you know, they have to work with what makes sense for those actors and the space in which they're producing it. And so you tape out something that looks like the stage and uh, the actors work around in that. You know, they find, I'm going to walk over here when I do this. I'm gonna... So that's uh, – that's a part of it. And as they're doing that, they're learning their lines, they're memorizing them, they're finding the rhythm, the sounds. And then uh, you layer in sets, you know, and costumes. And then you bring it into the theater and you add in lights and uh, then you got uh, then you got a show. <laughs> and and for this play in particular, you guys already did that that work, right? So are you do you hit the ground running yeah, but the, in the spring? Well, we hit the ground running in the sense that we already have the lines down, but this will be this will be a different production from our uh, December January production. It's going to have 
it's going to be opened up a bit more and have a different level to it uh, than that production had. That production was rather naturalistic and uh, it, it was for modern audiences in the sense that it was kind of toned down. And this one will probably be a little bit more of a hurricane. What, what was toned down? was toned down and the in, in the, the approach that we took there was a little bit more of uh what you see in in uh movie and tv these days you know it was a little bit more of a modern toned down sensibility i, I would say I, am i and we're looking to put some of the storm back into it are you being intentionally uh, uh a little mysterious I think so. Yeah. Okay, because <laughs> I um, will keep asking you to explain this, our, but I don't have our, to. <laughs> our, our tagline is God of Vengeance back with a vengeance. <laughs> All right. So if that helps explain it a little better, that might, uh, that might do it. I'm going to have to leave it to my own imagination as well as the listeners because I'm, I, can only, I can only guess what you actually mean. But uh, if I'm not allowed to keep asking, I won't. Well, I think it's just a matter of directorial approach mm-hmm. and uh, and what the actors are allowed to do on the stage. Okay, we'll leave it at that. Uh, Shane, thanks so much. I l- I'm looking forward to next week. Great. All Me right. too. Talk to you Be later. Be well. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks again to Shane Baker, and thank you for listening. Yiddish Book Club is online at www.yiddishbookclub.com, where you can find all of our other past and future episodes and recorded conversations. Uh, Look for the podcast on iTunes and subscribe there. Shane Baker will be back soon on the podcast, uh, joined by Michael Wex and Faith Jones to talk about the play God of Vengeance, which we just discussed at length uh, on this episode, but now we're going to get into the text uh, on the next one. Uh, but it's my sincere hope that this project can involve more people than just these three experts. So if you have an interest in reading Yiddish literature, not just listening to experts talk about Yiddish literature, but reading it yourself and forming your own ideas and opinions, I'd love to hear from you. You can send me an email, yiddishbookclub at gmail.com. You can also uh, find us and follow us and communicate with us on Facebook. Just search for Yiddish Book Club. Uh, links and the email addresses and all of the stuff that I just uh, blew through here in the outro, you can find those on the website again, yiddishbookclub.com. Thank you so much for listening and see you next time.